Let's continue with our daily Bible reading. Today I'm actually doing this Bible reading on Tuesday, the 19th of October. Um, I'm at my mom's house. We're just going to be celebrating my mom's 90th birthday tomorrow. Um, we were traveling yesterday, so we get a chance to do a taping. So I'm going to do verse chapters 31 and 32 of Genesis for you uh, today, um, as you continue in that word in your busy schedule as well. Chapters 31 and 32 are a great example of life in this world, the busy life in this world, and then dealing with the complications that sin bring in, brings into our lives. Uh, Jacob is known for being one who deceives. He's a heel grabber. And sometimes that deception works in his favor, as we read about some examples of uh, getting the birthright from his brother, as well as getting the blessing from his father. But as we said, what, whatever turns around or whatever comes around goes around. And Jacob also lives with some of that deceit, too, as his father-in-law deceived him uh, in giving him uh, his older daughter first before his younger daughter. Uh, he was given Leah first before he was given Rachel. And then there's always just that kind of, you know, underlying, well, if you deceive me one time, can I trust you this next time? And you see a lot of that distrust coming out in both 31 and 32, in chapters 31 and 32. First of all, with Laban in chapter 31, where it starts out, it says, and now Jacob heard that the sons of Laban were saying, notice it's hearsay, it's not direct. We're not talking one and one on e with each other. That happens in our life too. When we aren't honest with each other, we don't talk directly to each other, what we have to deal with in our, in our lives. And it's definitely happening here uh, in Jacob's life. So um, uh, Jacob responds to that by saying, no, I've been, I've been faithful to Laban. And, uh, uh, but I know what I want you to see is that in the midst of all this, God still speaks. And so it says, verse 3, uh, Then the Lord said to Jacob, Jacob, now you need to return to the land of your father. So God's in charge here. God's controlling this. And, and God is showing Jacob, you need to go back to, uh, to the land where I've called you because through your line, I'm going to bring the Messiah into the world. I'm going to bless you. Remember he said before um, that you will have blessings uh, for generations for forever. Uh, you will be a blessing to them. So it says, verse 4, then, so Jacob sent and called Rachel and Leah into the field uh, where the flock was. And uh, he says, we need to head back to uh, to the land that God called me from. Um, but notice what happens now. Here's here's the hearsay going on in the background. And, and Laban hears about this, uh, Jacob's father-in-law, and he calls him to an account. Uh, they have this conversation. Uh, but again, God intervenes, uh, verse 11 of chapter 31, because it says the angel of God, and remember we talked about that, the angel of God oftentimes is the second person of the Trinity. It's Jesus uh, in Old Testament times uh, coming. He's the covenant God, and uh, he's coming to Jacob to remind him of his covenant that I am with you. Uh, even through all this stuff that's going on, God, I am with you. Uh, and he reminds him, verse 13, I am the God of Bethel. Remember, Bethel means house of the Lord. That reminds us again that God's willing to come to this world. He's willing to dwell here. He's willing to work amongst us. He's again, not that God up in heaven who just stays there, but he's working among us. And, and so he does. And in the end, God's going to work it out so that Jacob is, is blessed and, and Jacob's going to leave with, um, uh, with a lot of blessings, with, with family and uh, with many other blessings too. But I want you to notice something that as he's leaving, it says that Rachel turns around and grabs one of the false gods of her father's household. Now that's in verse 19. Um, 
And, and so again, we just continue to battle in our lives too with, with worshiping the true God, but also having these other gods of this world, uh, putting our faith, our hope, and our trust in other things besides God, first commandment kind of issue. And Rachel struggles with this as well. She's gonna lie about it later on. We're gonna read too, when Laban calls her to account, um, and she's not going to hold to that. But this is going to be something that's going to going to dog them, as it does in our lives, too. We need to struggle each day to make sure, as Jesus summarized the commandments, love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, and mind, and then love our neighbors as ourselves. When that doesn't happen, we see the turmoil that happens in families but thankfully, by the grace of God, Jesus is our Savior, came to win forgiveness for our sins, and, and point, continue to point us back to God. But it's going to take a lot of direction from God in Jacob's life as well as in ours. And fortunately, God is willing to do that. So you come to chapter 32. Now, it's not just Laban who uh, uh, Jacob has to deal with and, and sometimes deceived by, even though he does some deceiving too. But now he's got to come face to face with his brother Esau. Now you remember all the history about with his brother Esau and the problems that they had together. So Jacob goes back to the land that God calls him to. Notice God is with him. God sends his angels this time. Notice it's plural in Genesis 32. So Jacob went on his way and the angels of God met him so Jacob's not alone. Remember, a couple of chapters ago, we read to Jacob, you know, falling asleep, and, and he's seen that ladder coming down from heaven, and the angels going up and down on that ladder, symbolizing or showing God's presence and working in our lives in everything. And so we see it right there. And so uh, so Jacob, he goes, and he's thinking as he goes, um, going to meet his brother Esau. The last time he saw Esau, he was running from him because he's stolen his birthright. And Esau said, I'm going to kill my brother. Um, so uh, Jacob's not real sure. So again, the deceiver always has to be a little bit on the run and always has to worry about other people coming back upon him. And it gets even more intense because Jacob sends a message and he finds out just how much Esau has. Um, and, and when he hears about that, uh, verse six says, we came to your brother Esau and he is coming to meet you and there are 400 men with him. And of course, Jacob's thinking those 400 men are coming as an army and Esau is gonna get back at me. Now, here's one thing you and I have to deal with, too, is that oftentimes we're afraid people would do to us what we would probably do to them if we were in their shoes. Being honest with ourselves, we have to admit that. So Jacob's probably thinking, if I were in Esau's shoes, I would come back and I would take revenge on someone like me. But here, the grace of God intervenes and Esau comes with a forgiving and, and repent, or forgiving heart. And so while Jacob gets ready um, and prepares for the worst to happen, um, God comes to Jacob again, and it says, um, jump, I'm just jumping down here, uh, in verse 24, and Jacob was left alone the night before he's going to meet Esau, and it says, a man wrestled with him until the break of day. Now that man, if you read later on, identifies himself as God, that God comes in human form to literally wrestle with Jacob. He changes Jacob's name. He gives him the name of one who wrestles with God, which is what the name Israel means. Uh, that E-L ending is always short for, <coughs> most times short for Elohim, so the name for God. And so that name would be a reminder of the fact that God is willing to wrestle with us, that God is willing to, to come to this world 
and literally wrestle with us. And we wrestle with God sometime in prayer. And we have our times of wrestling too. Jacob comes to him. Um, and so God renames Jacob because God is the one who is over us. And he's the one that can give us a name as he calls us by the name of child of God. Um, and we have that wonderful name from him. Jacob asks the angel's name or God's name. But of course, we don't name God. We don't say who God is and what God is like. We don't define God. God defines us. And we thank him that that's the way that he defines us. So Jacob calls that place Peniel because he literally saw the face of God and yet he was allowed to live. You know, uh, to be in the presence of God to see the face of God. God is so holy and we are not holy at all, but yet God shows himself face to face to us. He did it in his son, Jesus Christ, who's born as a human being to the into this world. He comes to us and shows himself to us in his word, in baptism, in holy communion, where God is present. Um, and, and uh, you know, so what a beautiful picture that is uh, of God still intervening and willing to come into this world and come to us face to face. And when you think of the face of God, by the grace of God, think of the words of the blessing. And God turn his face upon us, lift up his face upon us, smile upon us is the greatest thing to have. And we have that by faith in Jesus Christ. So continue to read here. There's a lot of, there's a lot of detail that are given about uh, both of these, um, uh, both of these meetings. Uh, but what we see is, is the grace of God working yet uh, in Jacob's life as he works in Iris as well. Uh, any questions you got, comments, please shoot them back and uh, let's stay in God's word.